Greetings on this Eastertide Sunday, when we celebrate the Feast of the Ascension, the mystery of Jesus' withdrawal from his disciples, a withdrawal accompanied by a promise that the disciples will soon be clothed with power from on high, another mystery that we will celebrate next week as we mark the Feast of Pentecost. Let us join together in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. The past two months of COVID-19 have been an apocalyptic time, not apocalyptic in the cartoonish fashion of the late great planet Earth or the left-behind novels and movies, but apocalyptic as a revealing or unveiling of the already existing brokenness of our economic, social, and political systems, the fragility and brokenness of our individual and corporate bodies. This brokenness and fragility were already present pre-pandemic, but now the reality that we are finite, fragile creatures headed towards death feels heightened for many of us perhaps especially for those of us working in nursing homes and hospitals. We marvel at what proved to be the tenuous character of our normal church life, like the ability to join in person with 150 or so other people and sing hymns, sit together in pews, shake hands and fellowship over meals with one another. We are more aware than ever of the shaky stability of the institutions we take for granted, from grocery stores to hospitals, to post offices, to schools, to church agencies. With tens of millions of people in the United States alone losing their jobs, and thus in most cases, losing access to affordable health care since the pandemic began, we see the minimal social supports for the millions of people who had already been excluded and marginalized by our economic systems well before the pandemic began. The apocalypse of the pandemic unveils a society in which the market is God, a society continually demanding new sacrifices from people whose labor is demeaned, devalued, and underpaid, people whose lives are made precarious and are ultimately deemed expense expendable by a society focused on maximizing shareholder value. Over the past weeks, I've been thinking particularly about how the apocalypse of COVID-19 has unveiled the racism that has permeated and decisively shaped U.S. society from its inception. Thanks to long-standing institutional racism, communities of color bear the disproportionate brunt of COVID-19. Having already faced various forms of exclusion from and discrimination within the healthcare system prior to the pandemic, people of color and especially African Americans were less likely to have access to fair and equitable healthcare. Since the pandemic began, people of color have contracted and died of COVID-19 at higher rates than the rest of the population. In prisons, where physical distancing is next to impossible, people of color are disproportionately represented thanks to decades-long policies of mass incarceration. 
people of color are more likely to be low-wage workers exposed through their work to COVID-19. Asian Americans, along with other people of color, are facing increased threats of physical violence as racism is unashamedly stoked by top political leaders. The virus of COVID-19 did not, of course, create the disease of racism that infects our national body, but it does unfail the racism that already courses through that body's veins. All the church's major feasts, one could argue, are apocalyptic. In commemorating these feasts, from Jesus' incarnation, to his baptism, to his transfiguration, to the feasts of Holy Week, culminating in the resurrection and then ascension and Pentecost, the church remembers and gives witness to God's apocalypse in Jesus into our broken world. In these feasts, the church remembers and gives witness to the unveiling of mystery. As Christians have reflected on the ascension over the centuries, they have found unveiled within the mystery of the ascension several truths. First, Jesus' ascension to heaven wrapped in clouds to be seated at the right hand of the Father reveals that the rule of God's radical love stands in judgment over all systems opposed to that love over destructive ideologies like racism that denigrate and devalue. As the psalmist proclaims, God is sovereign over all the earth. God reigns over the nations. The rule of the nations, multinational corporations, and other powers that debase people and treat vulnerable bodies as dispensable may seem to reign supreme, but ultimately the distorted sovereignty will be judged and exposed as nothingness. Second, Jesus' bodily withdrawal in the ascension points us to the bodies of our fellow human beings as the place where we will encounter Jesus. Some ancient manuscripts, some ancient manuscript versions of Luke's gospel omit any reference to Jesus being carried up to heaven, stating only that Jesus withdrew from his disciples. With Jesus' bodily withdrawal, what are the disciples left with? They are left with one another, and then, with the pouring out of God's Spirit upon them at Pentecost, the disciples are given the commission to go out and share the good news of God's love with all, the good news that all people, in their glorious diversity, bear God's image in their bodies, and that God is bringing all of those bodies to be in communion with God. In the absence of Jesus's physical body, we are called to encounter Jesus among those whose bodies are devalued, trampled on, and erased, finding Jesus embodied in the hungry, the thirsty, the migrant, and the prisoner. That points us to a third dimension of the mystery of ascension, that of our incorporation into God. For Orthodox churches, the Christian life is an ongoing process of theosis, or divinization, a process of our enfleshed bodies being transformed to participate in the mystery of God's love. Jesus' ascension, the bodily withdrawal of Jesus into union with God, unveils that our broken, scarred bodies are also on their way into incorporation into Christ's body. 
Ours is a deeply racist society in which a black man, Ahmad Aubrey, is hunted down and killed by self-proclaimed vigilantes, and a black woman, Brianna Taylor, is shot and killed in her sleep in her own home by, by plainclothes police officers, both part of a seemingly unending list of black women and men killed by racist violence. Amidst this violent denigration of the value of black lives, the Ascension's good news that human flesh will participate in the glory of Christ's ascended body is a proclamation that black lives matter, that black bodies matter. The late African-American theologian James Cone, in his book, The Cross and the Lynching Tree, wrote that God has claimed the suffering of black people in the United States, transforming lynched black bodies into the re-crucified body of Christ. Every time a white mob lynched a black person, Cone continued, they lynched Jesus. Similarly, Jesus's ascension heralds the coming promise that in Jesus, the people of color discarded, devalued, and erased by our country's racist institutions and policies are being brought into bodily communion with God. The apocalypse of COVID-19 is unveiling the painful, horrific truth of whom our society considers expendable. People of color, the poor, the elderly, people with disabilities, the chronically ill. But an apocalyptic feast like the Ascension also unveils that these people are not discarded by God, but are instead being drawn up into Christ's body their lives and their bodies precious to God. May we give thanks this Ascension Day for the mystery of God's care and love for our fleshly bodies and for God's especial love for the vulnerable, scarred, and devalued bodies. And in the face of our country's racism, may God give us as a congregation the wisdom to discern how to faithfully witness to the Ascension truth that black lives matter, that vulnerable lives matter, and especially in our racist society again, that black lives matter. Amen.